Well, morning everyone. Let's begin as usual with prayer. Our God and Father, we come to your word again this morning. We're looking for your blessing as we think about it. We thank you for the wisdom of godly men gone by. Help us, Heavenly Father, to draw what you have for us this morning. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> well, uh, in our introduction to the Old Testament, we've come to Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs, of course, has its own special place in the Old Testament. It's not like the law. It says nothing next to nothing about sacrifice and worship. Unlike history, there's no narrative, there's no reference to Israel's past or Israel's heroes. It's not like the prophets. There's nothing to say about Israel's fate, good or bad. It's unlike the Psalms. There's no devotional material. And I think we can sum up the concern of Proverbs in saying that its concern is prudent and moral behavior, what is wise and right. It's been called God's how to do it manual. And it teaches the skill of getting along sensibly in life while at the same time pleasing God. Another thing we need to remember is that these are proverbs, not promises. If we regard them as promises, we can get into trouble. For instance, uh, in Proverbs 3, we read, Keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life for many years. Well, sadly, we know that uh, godly people die early. It's a proverb. It's a, it's a general saying, an aphorism. It's the way life usually works. They're broad statements. Take uh, our own in English, more haste, less speed. Well, we know what that means. There's wisdom there, but there are times when we have to act in a hurry and we can be successful. A watched pot never boils. Well, we, it does boil, of course, just it seems as if it doesn't. And uh, we, we gather the wisdom in them. And Proverbs are advice to a godly Israelite on how to live his life for God. Again, another description is that they are the Christian life in workman's clothes. Very practical. All kinds of people are mentioned in Proverbs. And uh, we'll just think of three definitions this morning. There's the wise. It doesn't mean that they are someone who's particularly clever, but someone who listens to the advice and accepts it and follows it. There are the fools. Now these people are not necessarily the intellectually challenged, but they are morally and deliberately opposed to God's way. They will come to a fool's end. Remember Psalm 14, uh, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And then there's the simple. 
In Proverbs, the simple are the uncommitted people. They could be young or old, but not the innocent. It's someone who has not exactly rejected God's way, but not committed to it either. Easy to slide into being a fool if you're simple. And what is the purpose of the book? Well, it's stated right at the beginning, chapter one in the first three verses, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life. And the first nine chapters are connected with the theme of a father advising and urging his son to live by what has been taught him. Uh, some of the later chapters or even verses don't, aren't so connected as that. But the father is saying, you've been given true wisdom, don't forsake it. And this, and indeed the whole book, is summed up in verse 7 of chapter 1. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Or as it occurs a bit later, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Not the fear, of course, of being afraid, but honor and respect towards our glorious and gracious God, which shows in our keeping his word. Honoring God and his word is the beginning and foundation of all true wisdom and understanding of life. Well, we were given the first uh, four chapters to read, but, uh, and uh, you'll remember how it starts. Remember what your parents have taught you, resist the temptation of bad company, and uh, it uh, will, will prevent you getting into dishonesty and even thievery. Don't be simple or uncommitted. Listen to wisdom. For it says, the waywardness of the simple, the undecided, will kill them. In chapter 2, God will give you wisdom, knowledge, and understanding if you search for it. And it will stop you joining sinful people and sliding into sexual immorality. We'll come back to chapter 3. Chapter 4 Remember your father's words. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. And if we just look ahead to chapters eight and nine, as I say, these are the first nine chapters are connected. Wisdom and folly are personified. They are two women. The woman folly is loud, undisciplined and without knowledge. But whoever finds lady wisdom finds life and receives favor from the Lord. And this emphasis on wisdom or the fear of the Lord, of course, is not confined to Proverbs. It runs right through the Old Testament and into the New. Way back in Moses' time, he told the people, I have taught you the decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me. Observe them carefully. For this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations. They will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws? 
and saying, your wisdom will be to follow God's ways. Jeremiah had cause to rebuke the religious leaders of his day. The so-called wise will be put to shame, he said. They will be dismayed and trapped. Since they have rejected the word of the Lord, what kind of wisdom do they have? And there's always been a conflict between God's wisdom and mere human worldly wisdom, the wisdom of our culture, for instance. We need to be on our guard. Apostle Paul said, Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For the world through its wisdom didn't know him. Think of all the worldly so-called wisdom being urged on us in these days. Scrapping some of the old morality on marriage, sexual relationships and gender, apart from anything else. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Before we come to chapter three, as just a, a quick word about Solomon's very wise statement in chapter four, and verse 23, he says, listen closely to my words. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. We, I think we know what the heart is. Our mind, our emotions, the inside secret person. Guard that, says Solomon. Why? Well, because it is the wellspring of our lives. What goes on in that secret place will determine our words, our actions, our attitude to others, and to life in general. Our Lord Jesus told us that wrong and evil things come from the heart. What we cherish in our hearts, what we think about and dwell on, what we approve, what we plan, works itself out in real life. Leaving aside the, the grosser, the more obvious sins, from the thoughts of our heart come pride and judgmental attitudes and gossip and deceit and selfishness, wrong ambitions, the wrong decisions and the bad choices we make. We need to guard our hearts against the wrong kind of wisdom taking control. And there's another kind of guarding from the outside, things on the outside finding a home on the inside. For instance, we can nurture hurts, misunderstandings, slights, false accusations. We can secretly harbor resentment and anger and hostility, but it will all work out eventually in one way or another. The water will become sour and polluted. To keep this wellspring as it should be, we need to be well acquainted with and obedient to God's word and wisdom. He was a wise man, Solomon, wasn't he? Looking at chapter 3, it gives us an idea of what Proverbs can do for us. They are a quick checkup on ourselves. 
if we find ourselves going contrary to a proverb, it should give us pause for thought. Uh, just think for a minute, you buy a new gadget for the kitchen or for your computer or whatever, and there's usually some sort of user's manual with it. But the manufacturer knows that many of us won't bother with the manual. <laughs> we'll switch it on and fiddle with it immediately uh, and see what we can do. So what they do is to give you a quick start guide, something which just sums it all up. And uh, I think we can take some of these verses in Proverbs 3 as a quick start guide. For instance, see, if Solomon is summing up. He said, now, my son, do not forget my teaching. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. That's equivalent to what the quick start guide would say. Um, don't get this wet. Don't use force. It's sort of a, a general guideline. And then number two, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your understanding. Always do things his way. It doesn't mean we shouldn't use our minds, but our minds should be informed by his wisdom. So he repeats, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. In everything, always go God's way. Number three, honor the Lord with your wealth. Doesn't mean just for wealthy people, but be generous, not stingy with what God has given you. That's a, it's an outlook. Number four, do not despise God's discipline. He wants to correct us. As people, God's people, we never into, come into condemnation. We are never rejected, but God does discipline us. He wants to correct us or to strengthen us through hard circumstances. And the Proverbs telling us that we should not argue or resent God's dealings with us. There's no blessing in that. Instead, he's really saying treat hardship as discipline, as we read in Hebrews 12. And then towards the end of the chapter, he gives practical examples of how they should live. Now, that's not all we need to know. We have the whole Bible as our manual, our user's manual. But this would be a quick start. It gives us an example to look and see how we're getting on. A good summary of the Christian life. This is the godly man, the godly woman in working clothes. So to sum up uh, the four chapters, follow his wisdom at all times and guard your heart, what comes out of it, what you put in it. I just want to read a little bit from Jeremiah. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. 
for in these I delight, declares the Lord. Hmm. 